0: Hey guys, welcome back or welcome to our podcast called Behind the Mask. I'm Chris. Hey guys, I'm Becca. So tonight we've got Casey, the GOAT, talking about godly reconciliation. We're really going to break into what happens when we disagree, uh, what happens when we have a difference of opinion, we don't see eye to eye, what does that process of forgiveness look like, and what does the process even beyond that of reconciliation look like. So before we kick it off, Casey, you want to introduce yourself to the people?
1: Sure. Thanks for having me, you guys. I'm really excited to be here. I am Casey Doherty. I am the multi area director um, of Philadelphia City, which is awesome. Um, shout out, Philly. Uh, and I coached for 10 years, women's lacrosse. I played women's lacrosse. So I have a heart and a passion for coaches and athletes, and thankful that God brought me to FCA four and a half years ago.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Casey, your, your title at Philly Metro has changed like three times. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's awesome. So uh, for those of you guys who don't know, like obviously I went to Drexel and that's where me and Casey got introduced when SCA was kind of in a transitional period from that senior um, from our senior. And then I transferred in and that's kind of how the whole thing happened. And then Casey came in and uh, we had a fun time and then, Hit a bit of a rocky patch to, to say it really lightly. So, Casey, if you want to share um, your perspective on what went down, um, we can start there.
1: Yeah, so as Chris said, I um, I joined staff in October, and my boss was like, Why don't you go and sit on the sidelines of a Drexel huddle? That's been running for about four years. Um, just get your feet wet with ministry and um, raise support. And I was like, Great, I can do that. <laughs> so, jumped in and met Chris and um, another leader named Abby um, and hit it off with them right away. Um, and just enjoyed getting to know them and getting to know kind of like the flavor of FCA at Drexel and um, just how um, And so we, yeah, like we had a really great, it was not a long bond. I mean, we, we didn't know each other for a long time, but um, a decent amount of, of um, relationship building until we kind of hit a rough patch. Um, And the rough patch was centered around kind of guidelines with uh, leadership and FCA and an event. And um, in some senses, uh, all of us were kind of thrown into a situation that was unfortunate. Um, I think Chris, in my opinion, kind of bore the brunt of that because of the relationship she had um, and how that was gonna impact people in her circle. Um, and so I, I really, I had to come forward and kind of restate where FCA stands on, on things, um, with leadership and it was hard, hard and hurtful and, um, and painful. I mean, I literally, like the second I found out that I was going to have to communicate, um, with Chris and Abby that this, this wasn't going to be able to happen. Um, I literally was in my PJs and I drove down a Drexel. Um, because I was like, this is not a phone conversation. I, I, I need to say this face to face. This is going to be super hard. And so I got down to Abby's apartment in my PJs and I am like fresh off the boat in ministry and just trying to do my best. Um, I've had, a t- I mean, I've, I've coached college athletes, know how to deliver news that people don't want to hear. Um, I, I, I'm, pretty seasoned in that. But this felt uh, really different. Um, I felt really out of, um, my element, um, and really like, okay, God, you're giving me some hands-on training that I did not, <laughs> that I did not necessarily want. Um, and so when I shared with Chris and Abby kind of how the situation was, was going to unfold, they were obviously upset. Um, and, again, I don't know if I, I prayed and I did the best I could to deliver that news. I'm not perfect. Um, and so I'm not saying I delivered it the best way, but it was hard. It was really hard for all of us. Um, and yeah, I think there was like a relationship sever over that situation. Um, I don't think I, I know that we had a relationship sever over that situation. Um, and I just kept praying and asking the Lord just to on his timing um help us navigate it um but christy yeah, i guess i'll turn it over to your to you in terms of like what your perspective was on it and yeah
0: um so yeah no i think it was a uh, uh it was a super emotionally charged situation to say the least um it is funny when when casey said she came in her pjs literally text us like you guys, 911, we have to talk, and I'm like, What? Uh, uh I, I don't live in the city. What's going on? Find parking, get to what? Like, I don't know what's going on. So, for context on everybody, we were gonna have like an event, one city wins God kind of thing, like evangelical, let's get together and outreach event for Drexel athletes. Um, so that's the context of the situation when, when Casey's talking about like this thing wasn't gonna be able to happen. And yeah, from my perspective, I like. I will say, looking back, like, I don't think there's any other way you could have delivered this. It was going to be an emotionally charged situation no matter what. And as soon as I, I heard what it was and knowing full well who was going to impact, yeah, there wasn't anything you were going to say to me. It didn't matter how how else you would have delivered it. Like, red. Literally saw red because I knew, like, who was going to hurt and how near and dear they were to my heart and, and their relationship that like I have with them and the impact they have on my life. So yeah, going from there um, we have a running joke that I threw my phone at Casey, but that's not what happened. What had happened was my Casey's giving us this information. My head is down because I'm pissed off and I'm staring at the floor and I chucked my phone. Should I have chucked it? No, but I, I repent should not have thrown my phone, but (laughs) I threw it in the direction of the wall, and Casey was sitting right in front of me. So that's what had happened. So I wasn't aiming at Casey, you were just sitting right in front of me and I was trying to throw my phone through the wall. That's just what was in my hand. Anyway, just to give everybody context of how Listen, I- Listen,
1: you're not the first and you're probably not gonna be the last to throw something at me.
0: <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully that doesn't continue to happen. But, um, so we went from there. And again, the whole thing kind of, the, kind of like, devolved from there like we didn't and having this event um but it wasn't even about the event for me at this point I was like yeah you know that sucks but it's more so I was pissed off at the situation and Casey and I talked about this I was very much like pissed off about the situation and Casey became the scapegoat because she was the messenger that's just what it was um and like even throughout the whole process like FCA it never even crossed my mind to be mad about mad at FCA for the whole thing it was, I'm really mad at Casey because X, Y, Z, when it's really I'm hurt because this happened and then my people that I love are, are gonna be impacted. So um, yeah, so we didn't talk for like a long time. I didn't realize how long that it was until we were talking about this last week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was, you know, we, we obviously had had previous like interactions before we stopped talking, um, or I should say I stopped talking to you. Let me preface that that's like very important. Um, where like you obviously came to FCA and you were sharing your story and I was like, I'm going to sit in the corner and like type on my laptop because I can't be, I can't be with this right the second. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely like just a, there were just emotions flying left and right. Mm -hmm. And when I get angry, um, I wanted to be very cognizant of of what was coming out of my mouth because I didn't wanna be disrespectful. That was the thing is like, I didn't, like I respect you enough at this moment and still at that time where I'm like, I'm not gonna go and say things out of my character and and disparage your character when I know I'm just mad right now. So it was a lot of like silent stewing to myself um, for that whole time. And then months after that time, because like it it took me for like a hot minute. And once we start talking about more what the process looks like, took me a hot minute to figure out like, how can I address the situation without having this visceral angry reaction? Cause otherwise I can't address it. Um, and then, yeah. So long story short, that's how the whole thing happened. Um, praise God, obviously me and Casey have this relationship, like her dog and my dog are best friends. Like we're like (laughs) homies. Um, but yeah, no, it was definitely a process of, of time and like prayer on your end, prayer on my end, a lot of time processing uh, independently before we came together and eventually reconciled. So, um, so I wanted to ask you, Casey, before we get into some of this other stuff, what? how did you view the the, the latter part of this whole thing, like the reconciliation part? What was your approach?
1: I mean, I so I think, um, I think... As I processed, even in the beginning, one of the things that was really important to me is that I kept the door open for Chris and Abby. It was really important that I let them know that, like, look, I care about you guys. This is a really hard situation. Um, like, I don't. We couldn't have done it any differently. Like, I, I, I don't believe we could have done it differently in terms of maybe if I could deliver it differently. But I, I, I believe what, what, I believe in what the premise was of. the situation and and so i just wanted to keep it open like and they like (laughs) they like unfollowed me and like (laughs) all these things unsubscribed to my newsletter and um and even when chris was like in the corner i swear i thank god like so i didn't have experience in this particular area um but but god gave me 10 years of experience with college athletes and so chris is stewing in the corner i i seen that vibe before didn't take it personal like you know I just was like I got that vibe I know that vibe I've coached college women for 10 years like I don't have to like be defensive about that vibe and I think I'm thankful that the ways in which God prepared my heart because it could have gotten even uglier like if I had some sort of pride or some sort of like feeling about the way that you were sitting there like we could have gone at it you know what I'm saying like and I'm thankful that God had sort of put me in situations for 10 years with college women to be like, that's a vibe. <laughs> I let <it> go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I'm thankful for that. I think I cried that whole way home that night. And then even probably after a huddle and just like called a lot of people for prayer, um, try to kind of figure out how did I even, how did this even get here? Um, and then I just prayed, I think, I think I was at the if gathering right before this went down and God put Christiana on my heart as someone like that, I would be walking alongside and I'm like, and then this happened. And I'm like, well, that's crazy. (laughs) Why? And so I just, she, she was always just in the back of my, like in my mind, like, you know, Lord just keep the, the doors open. And I guess in my heart, like, all the things like the unfollowing, the (laughs) the like sitting in the corner, like, I guess like God just had already, like, I didn't hold anything. Like, I didn't hold any of that. Like, I wasn't mad. I just was like, I get this, this was painful. I guess I just think that God also gave me empathy in in terms of being like, I could put myself in your shoes with friends of mine where that would have been really painful and so I think there was a lot of, I think God just allowed me to have some empathy in that, in knowing and, and seeing, um, you know, where that premise comes from in terms of scripture, what, what FCA was saying, and then also just having empathy for like that. That doesn't mean that, that oftentimes scripture is easy, right? Like that it isn't going to be painful, um, that we aren't going to pick up our cross daily, you know? And I, I think that, I'm thankful for that because I think that it could have just also, like, if God had hardened my heart or like, not, not even put me in situations where I could put myself in your shoes, Chris, I think it could have been really easy to be like, you're being immature, like, get over it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Which some people might've been like, I don't know, but I just, I don't know. I just had, I just felt for you in this situation and could put myself in your shoes. And I think God just prepared me in a lot of different ways. And so I was open, like whenever Chris was gonna come back and I had been praying that that was gonna be the case, um, I was ready to have an open conversation.
0: Yeah, no, it was really good. And I think um, this is a really good segue and Bex, we'll start with you in a second, but just responding to what Casey said, I think, um, yeah, I mean, from, from my perspective, I know, like, it's very much, a, it's a stewing process. I don't know how to process anger out loud. Obviously, I like to throw phones at walls. Obviously, um, so, But I do process by writing. And Casey, you know this, because I said this, um, throughout this whole time, I wrote the world's, I probably wrote my first book when I was writing how I mm-hmm. was about the whole situation in Google Drive. I don't know where that document is to, to this day. I think I deleted it. But I was like, stewing about it, even after, like months after, um, and ch- chatting with Abby and some other people, I'm like, I really need to reach out to Casey and be like, this is like, we need to have a full dialogue on what happened, why I felt hurt, this, that. So it was never like, uh, and this is going to segue into this question where I was like, all right, well, forget Casey, I'm off it. It was mm. no, like, and I think this is where both of us were kind of working and God working in both of us. Like, no, like, this is not a relationship that needs to end. Mm. Uh, I can't address it right now because I can't speak out of anger. And I know that, um, I was like a baby Christian leader. I should say I wasn't baby Christian. I was baby Christian leader at the time. So, and like very green to FCA leadership up until that point, I'd been a recipient for the most part, like going to camps, going to retreats. So like, I don't know everything. So I think not having all that information too. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like, the process of keeping it open and constantly like praying like, hey God, it's gonna happen. Like the IF gathering thing is wild because we, I like did IF -if gathering with you last year and it's such an amazing like experience. And I can only imagine back in as a junior in college what that experience would have been so. Um, But it just goes to show like the way we processed it were are different and the way we process things in general are different. Mm -hmm. So like to your point, had, like, you come at me, like, you didn't know what was going on in my head, but had you come at me in that room, it wouldn't have been great. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of things to throw in that room. I probably would have thrown a chair out the door, to be honest. That's how mad it was. I'm not even kidding. Probably would have been that mad. So, like, had it been, like, I'm coming in hot, and then you're coming at me, it wouldn't have been good. So, I definitely think, yeah, or me choosing to be petty in that moment and cutting you off in the middle of your testimony to be, like, yeah, but here's why, like, it just mm-hmm. would have been ugly. So, I definitely can see, like, Work, where God was working in, in both of us to have mm-hmm. in that moment and be like all right you need to process and Casey needs to process and you're going to come together because I've designed it to be that way um and thank God for it because the relationship we have now is like awesome so
1: I think too you I remember you telling me that you sought out a lot of counsel so you reached out to like Frank Granoso and then your leaders at um Vandy and you're just like I think you were seeking like answers. You just wanted to process with other people that you knew for a longer time that you could trust. And um, I remember you just telling me like that you just spent a lot of time talking to some people in FCA and trying to understand like how did this happen. Um, but but I have to say, yeah, like God. If if I was in the beginning of my walk, or even as a coach, like I would have come at you. Like the beginning of my coaching career, I would have come at you. I would have taken offense. I would have taken it personal, and we would have gone to blows. And I probably would have thrown a chair too, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, and so that's just like a God's done a mighty work in my heart with anger and pride. And I'm not saying I'm perfect or have that covered because there are plenty of people, and Chris, you know, that can pull that right out of me pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I think God was just working. In both of us,
0: for sure, it would have been FCA's first female WWE bout. That's <laughs> exactly what would have happened. Would have been bad. But,
1: I'm, uh, I'm scrappy, but like I think I have. I think that you have me in a fight like nine times out of ten. <laughs>
0: The world may never know, but um, this is a really good segue. Becca, I want to hear your thoughts because uh, we've been we've been chopping it up for a little bit now. Um, So what do you think like what are your thoughts hearing all of this, but also our culture has like some really knee jerk reactions to when people have disagreements or just have a difference of opinion or you feel offended in any way. So love to hear your thoughts, Bex, on what you think about this.
2: Yeah. So first of all, I just want to thank you guys for kind of bringing us along into your story. I mean, I've heard bits and pieces, but, um, hearing both of you kind of share and be vulnerable about that. I think it's, it's really a lot of people who are listening to this can probably pinpoint times in their life. I know that listening to you, I can pinpoint times in my life when, you know, stuff has gone down and, um, it's not, it's not a rare occurrence, and I think it's also not a rare rare occurrence in Christian circles, and um, it's something that has to be talked about. So thank you guys for for sharing that. Um, also, the the point where Chris threw the phone at Casey, I did not know that detail. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the difference, you know, the reason this conversation is so important is because we do live, the culture we live in is very much a cancel culture. Hey, you disagree with me. Hey, you offended me. Hey, you hurt me. You're done blocking you, unfollowing you, never talk to me again. Like, it's just very much, if you don't serve me, then we're done. Um, And I think that's very counter to what we're called to as believers um, and very counter to what happened with both of you. But um, Casey, going back to your point of there was processing that had to happen with both parties and there were two hearts involved and there were two sets of emotions and there were two stories. And, you know, I think understanding that and humility, that humility when approaching a disagreement um, and Casey, that's really what popped out to me as I hear you talking of, Hey, I just had to give Chris space. I cried about it. I prayed about it. I, you know, Casey had to process it in her own heart, in her own life with her own people. And Chris had to do the same. Um, and I think that's a big, that's a big piece of forgiveness and ultimately, you know, reconciliation is understanding and having the humility that there are two hearts involved and, um, God is intricately, involved in each individual's life and concerned with you know their response to the hard um and i think when we can understand that it can replace that cancel culture for more open doors like you guys were saying and empathetic conversations Mm -hmm. rather than hey you're done i'm out end of relationship Mm
0: Yeah, no, I think it's really good. Um, Cancel culture is for sure a big one. Um, And to that point, when it comes to like unfollowing on the newsletter and doing this and doing all this craziness, um, I think for me, just to give you your, my perspective, Casey, it wasn't like, all right, I'm not going to follow Casey. I'm not going to do this because I'm done with the relationship. Mm -hmm. As part of the processing, you know, like, process, for lack of a better word. It was, I can't process this and mm. see this stuff pop up because mm-hmm. I can't process while I'm angry. And yeah, the trigger comes back every time your newsletter pops up, every time I see something mm-hmm. on it. So it needed to be like, I can't lock myself in a shed in the middle of the woods. So, and, a, and like a social media age, mm-hmm. instead I can like just as easily remove myself from something mm-hmm. to process. And then come right back. Now I'm like double on your newsletter as like. <laughs> well, some random, I don't, yeah. Like whatever, it's fine. But um, yeah, no, so I think that's definitely a part of it. And then the other piece I think that happens often when people get wronged as the person who maybe wronged somebody, or even if you like you didn't wrong them, but it's a situation where you don't get along is, I wanna fix it. I wanna immediately get in, I wanna solve what went down. Um, and I think, uh, in the situation, I don't think that would have been the case anyway, because this was like emotionally charged and it wasn't really a situation that needed to be fixed because that wasn't the root of the issue. But I have seen it in, in some other in other relationship drama like I've had with friends or whatever, where you immediately go in to try and solve the problem when they're like, no, no, no. I need you to let me experience this and then let the dust settle. And then now let's try and find a solution. Mm. Like, yeah, will prematurely go in and be like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry and it's like okay cool i get it but like you also need to let me process what just happened before i can accept your apology kind of deal but
1: and there were times i wanted to reach out to you like i and i think sometimes too like in our pride like i, I wanted to reach out and like defend myself like hey you know what i mean like you want to it and that's that can be equally as hurtful right like someone who's hurt doesn't need to hear your defense of your own whatever they felt hurt that you did. Right. And so I just remember praying a lot, like, God, please just give me a, like, like, if you want me to reach out to her make it really clear, because I, I wanted to, um, a lot of times and was confused because of what God had put on my heart at that F gathering. And so it wasn't from a place of like, not wanting to, but really trying to seek God in this, like, God, show me, show me, an open door to reach out to
0: Chris. But yeah, no, I I can definitely see, you know, at times when we are like premature with trying to step into situations, at times it comes out of being like, having an emotional reaction. And like we kind of were referencing earlier, um, either one of us could have responded out of emotion and it wouldn't, and we would have butt heads and there's a good chance that this relationship wouldn't have been a thing at all. So, Um, I want to ask ask both of you guys, whoever wants to start, you can, is why is it important for us in in moments of conflict to not uh, respond out of emotion? And if we want to like start throwing some scripture in there and what God's word says about this too, we can do that as well. So whoever wants to go first.
1: So I think it's important for us to not act out of emotion. When I think about galatians 5 20 and not all the not all of these works of the flesh apply to, to this particular type of thing but it says now the works of the flesh are evident and it includes enmity, strife fits of anger dissension divisions and i think that's like when i think about acting on my flesh like those are all kind of like fits of rage <laughs> like, Dissension, like division, meaning like division, like we would be divided. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to have that um, conversation. And then on the other side, when we're not acting out of our emotions or our flesh, it's like, okay, we can have patience. We can be gentle with each other. We can be self-controlled, um, and that's what God calls us to do. It's not, man. It is a long-term work for me. <laughs> this Irish woman has a struggle.
0: (laughs) Listen, I'm Nigerian. We are passionate people. I get it.
2: Yeah. I think that's so good. And I think like Casey, you hit the nail on the head and when we act out of emotion, you know, we, we come at a situation. We, first of all, like, we're not even thinking about it clearly. We're thinking about you know, our offense or our hurt. And I think, Casey, you mentioned it earlier, what it really looks like to pick up your cross daily and to understand that, you know, when there's a difference in opinion about scripture, about walks with the Lord, you know, whatever it may be, you know, it doesn't mean that those conversations are going to be easy. And I think because we so we're so uncomfortable with conflict as individuals. The temptation is, like you guys said earlier, oh, I need to fix this. I want to fix this. Or because I can't stand that somebody's unhappy with me, or somebody doesn't like me in the moment. Or maybe, you know, I'm angry. I need to be right. And they need to know that they've wronged me. And I think all of those responses you know, come out of the emotion that is human and is in our flesh. Um, But like Casey said, when you slow down, when you take a step back, when you get on your knees before the Lord, he can reveal things of that, of what's going on in your heart, sometimes in the heart of the other person, you know, that that needs to be brought to the foot of the cross and needs to be exposed and be cleansed so that you can move forward. Um, in a way that is honoring to the Lord and also productive for the relationship.
0: Yeah, no, that's really good. And I think, um, just listening to what you just said, Bex, what just popped up is like Colossians three, two, where it says set your mind on the things above not on the things that are on earth. Um, and talking about moving out of our emotions, our emotions are not trustworthy most of the time right? They're fleeting. They very much are are responsive of what's going on in this present moment. Our emotions lack perspective. So it's interesting, like in Colossians, set our minds on things above to your point, Becca, of let's look to God and he'll like, I'm even thinking about David of like purify me of all the things that are not of you. Um, things like, okay, well, I'm, I'm angry. Like Casey was just saying fits of anger, fits of rage, things like that. Um, uh, But if my mind is set on my flesh, then I'm going to respond out of that. If my mind is set on God, then I can be like, okay, well, where's the perspective here? How can I glorify God with my speech? Which to me in that moment, it, I couldn't. So that's why I chose to be silent. And it's really interesting. Got, um, Casey, you were just talking about, like you had 10 years of coaching experience that set you up for me being petty and and quiet, like a two-year-old stewing in the corner. Um, previously i think when i was at vandy as a baby christian that this is an area where god was working in me and i remember when that was happening i found like an old journal that had all these things that said if you're experiencing this don't speak and there were so many scripture references that were like when you're angry don't speak and when it like the first one that comes up is like be slow to anger things like that um so yeah so i think it's really interesting like when we we wanna make sure that we're not allowing our emotions to be the chief guide of how we should respond because most of the time it's not gonna lead us down the right path in the first place. And um, Bex, you know this as a, as a psychology major and I know this as a psychology major. It doesn't start there, right? And it doesn't finish there, but it can definitely get all twisted up in the middle if we choose to lead with our emotions. So really good, you guys. Um, and then the last piece of this, uh, we were talking about how reconciliation is is the next step above forgiveness. It's not just like forgive and forget, and then it's done. So um, Casey, we kind of talked about your approach to reconciliation earlier. But I also wanted to ask you guys, what are some like unrealistic expectations with reconciliation um, that you guys have seen or you've experienced? What what do we think? Casey, if you want to start?
1: So as I was researching this, um, this article on Christianity.com was really helpful for me to think about this. So forgiveness is what we're called to do right in the Lord's prayer. We for, because God forgave us, we have to forgive others. And that's like unilateral, like that is something God calls us to do. But reconciliation is bilateral, meaning both parties have to be willing to reconcile and so I think sometimes there's unrealistic expectations because Chris, if you were not willing to reconcile with me and me coming back and asking for reconciliation, that's not going to work. We might've been able to forgive each other, but both then have to be felt like they like feel like they're called. And I was looking at like, well, what are some reasons why people don't like, what are some grounds for not reconciling, like not having reconciliation? And, and one was like, if, if someone cheated on you in your marriage, not that God couldn't restore your marriage, but you you're not called necessarily to reconcile um, over that offense. So I think any like like you can forgive someone if they if they murdered your brother, but that doesn't mean that you're going to reconcile a relationship with that person. you know, I think I think I don't know if that answered your question, but it just I don't know it framed it really nicely for me, the difference between it. and so, yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure, I think, and Bex, I'm gonna let you respond. um, What I thought was really good is like, um, for there to be reconciliation, like it's not just forgiveness. Um, I think that's difficult in and out of itself, but it's not just, okay, I'm forgiven. That means that, oh, well, we're just cool. We can just be homies again. No, there's a process. Like there's a process to forgiveness and then there's a process to reconciliation after that is what I'm hearing you say. So, like, it's unrealistic to think, oh, yeah, well, you stole 20 bucks from me, or you refused to give me back my $20 that you borrowed, but I forgave you, but that doesn't mean that we reconciled, because how am I going to trust you again? So, like, making sure that it's not unrealistic where we think that forgiveness just equals that altogether and there being a process. But, Bex, I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think Casey put it really beautifully of forgiveness is unilateral, you know, and it's, it's between us and the Lord to forgive the other person. You know, I, I'm called to forgive someone regardless of whether or not they're sorry, you know, and that can be a really tough pill to swallow. Um, but it's the fact of the matter. I think the reconciliation piece, you know, it happens on part of both parties. and that is, you know, it's complicated. again, it's two sinful hearts involved to people who have been hurt or somebody who, you know, there's a whole lot more involved between two people in the reconciliation piece.
1: So one thing that's bounced around in my brain is like, so we were reconciled to God. Reconciliation means there was a brokenness, right? We were separated from God because of our sin. And we only get to be reconciled when we confess, right, our sins and surrender and, and put Jesus and say, and believe that Jesus is our Lord, right? That he died for us. And I think this whole process, like, as I'm thinking about, well, okay, how does this mirror what Jesus did for us? I think when people want to reconcile, it has to be both, right. We know God wants to be reconciled to us <laughs> desperately. Right. But, but the other side is like, we have to want to be reconciled to God. And so I don't know. I think there's just a, there's a surrender, like for us to be reconciled, we both had to surrender, right. Like, I think you have to surrender hurt. Yeah. I think you have to surrender hurt to, to say like, I I'm willing and to surrender this. Um, because I believe God can do more through our friendship than us not being friends. Um.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think um, there's like surrendering hurt, surrendering pride. That's a big one. Like who's wrong. I'm wrong. You're wrong, whatever. Like that's a big thing of, I think why, Um, cancel culture happens and disagreements lead to just division instead of reconciliation. Um, Yeah, so I I think there's a lot to surrender, but I love that you put like so beautifully of like coming together is the whole piece of the reconciliation process, Um, right? It's like if Casey wanted to reconcile with me and I never wanted to speak to Casey again, it wasn't gonna happen, probably. Um, And similarly with God, like he so desperately wants to reconcile with us but he's not gonna force us to reconcile with him. At some point we have to turn around, stop running away from him and say, hey, I desire this relationship with you too. So yeah, no, this is awesome. And and I wanna just ask as we're wrapping up and coming up on our time, um, just final thoughts from both of you guys. What are some things, if you could give any piece of encouragement through the process of reconciliation, uh, what would you guys say? Bex, let's start with you and then we'll go to Casey.
2: So one of the things that I'm, is continually coming up in my mind, and I think this is something I struggle with too, is I'm a very emotional person. Um, And when I am hurt, I'm not, I don't wallow in hurt. I get fired up and angry and, you know, maybe throw, I don't know what I do, rage, whatever. Um, And I think one of the big things of this goes back to what we were talking about a couple of minutes ago of just the self-control piece. And, you know, in the moment, are we going to respond out of our emotions, out of our rage, out of our hurt that has then turned into rage? Um, or are we going to be willing to bring it to the foot of the cross? And I think about, I once heard an analogy from a mentor of mine and she talked about like a cup of coffee. And if you have you have all of these things stored up in your heart and somebody taps the cup or accidentally hits it purposely or accidentally, everything that was in the cup spills out. And I think that's what, you know, when we get hit the wrong way, when we get offended, when somebody says something like says it, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally, everything that's in our heart, the mess the hot stuff, everything, everything that's in there comes flying out. And I think we have to recognize that and recognize where a lot of those emotions are coming from and be willing to take those before the cross and let God deal with that mess in us before that has to happen before we can forgive the offense. And that certainly has to happen. I think before reconciliation can happen. So what i've been reminded of in this conversation is being able to and willing to bring all of that emotion however messy it is to the foot of the cross and letting god expose it and cleanse you of it and you know do a work in you
0: end quote <laughs> okay so up next
1: I think the encouragement is that, that it, it can happen. Like God can do it. You know, I would have wished that it had happened sooner. Right. Like it went, a whole year went by um, maybe even more than that, I think. Cause that happened in, a, in February. And then we didn't talk again till like June of the following year. So it was almost like a year and a half. Um, and I know this is only of God because I'm not good at, um, I'm not good at like when people, don't want to be friends with me. I, I struggle there. And so I know that this was God. Um, and I think the encouragement is that God will do it in his timing and to continue to seek, like Becca said, to seek him, like you have to come to him with all your stuff. Um, Because from a worldly perspective, I like blew up the first huddle. I was a part of <laughs> That's hard, <laughs> um. And so, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of emotions about all of it, and I just, I think, like Becca said, I just had to keep bringing this to the Lord. Like, and I'm thankful because that's what refining's about, right? Like, these are hard things, and I want to look more like Jesus. And if I don't deal with the hard things, then I won't. I'm not going to change, right? And so I'm thankful for what happened because. It helped me grow in my walk, um, and I had to surrender some of the hurts and the heartaches and the pride of like, "Wow, Case, you just stepped into ministry, and the first huddle you're part of just totally exploded, and two people you really cared about are no longer talking to you." Like, that was my first four months of ministry. Um, so I think my encouragement is like, God will use this, and so even if it doesn't ever happen, He's going to use that to mold you more into His image.
0: Yeah, really good. Um, I think, well, I'll preface this by I'm not gonna preface this. I'm just gonna throw this comment out there. Bex, I don't know who your mentors are, but they have the best analogies. I just wanted to like throw that out there randomly. But um I think if anything, uh like if any encouragement I give to anybody is God's in every every step of the process, so stop trying to skip steps. Like I feel like, yeah, we, we love to move from whether you were the one who was offended or you were the one who offended somebody or there was some kind of mutual hurt there. We want to go straight to let me make it better or like, here's why this happened or here's my perspective on this or blah, 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 right? We're trying to immediately skip to, well, you know, it's been a week. You should forgive me kind of deal. Um, instead, it's like, let I think that's what really made this process successful is, you know, uh, allow people to process in their own time, but also recognizing that if God is in every step, then we don't need to skip from step one to four. He probably needed to teach us something in step 1A. Like, so we had, we had to be able to go through the whole thing with some patience and um, some expectancy, even in our prayer when, when we're trying to reconcile with people and even recognizing that it might not happen but also by the grace of God, it it, it just might as well. Um, so I thought it was really good. And I have definitely been blessed to have this conversation. We like have fleshed this out a couple of times, but not, I don't think fully in this in this like setting. So I thought it was really cool to, to be able to sit down and share both of our perspectives. Um, and for Bex to sit here and basically have like a group therapy session with both of us, like it was something. Uh, so, yeah, I want to thank again. Casey, thank you so much for coming on, having this conversation with us. Been Thankful
1: awesome. for you. Love you a lot. Thankful for what God's done.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So, you guys, unfortunately, we are out of time. And um, we want to, again, thank Casey for coming on. And if you guys like what you've been hearing, like what you've been seeing, hit that red subscribe button at the bottom of the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, um, follow us on Instagram at Behind the mask 3132 Find us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Um, But until next time, we'll catch you guys later.